55 seconds left to play. You're listening to the Matt Wyatt Show. I want winners. That crowd is alive. Play to win the game. Wyatt from the shotgun, two backs alongside. Knock him out, John. Wyatt gets the ball. It won't be long. Wyatt back to throw. Wyatt looks. Fires toward the end zone. Passes. Caught for touchdown by Matthew Butler. Speak to. They are who we thought they were. And we let them up the line. I get out of hand. Just, just tell me I'm a jerk and shut up. Let's go scatter the West. Right tight. Left left. 372 Y stick. Six The Matt Wyatt Show. He's Radio Wyatt. Well, how am I going to go to college? I'll just play football. Well, why don't we play a little football then, huh? Sounds good to me if it sounds good to you. I'm Matt in the Farm Bureau studio. Farm Bureau. Go! Go! With, with. There's my echo. There's my echo. The home team. team. (laughs) Testing. Now it's gone. (laughs) Back. In the Farm Bureau studio, Farm Bureau, go with the home team. There we go. Um, and staying connected to you around the clock because of C Spire, the number one network in Mississippi. C Spire, customer inspired. Uh, check it out. You can be a part of the show. And today being hump day of game week number two of college football season, far as I know, you may have a lot you want to talk about. So... It's up to me and up to Roger to make sure that you have several avenues of which to be a part of the show and talk. All that said, some other guys are going to do some talking. I don't know if I'm coming down with a cold or what, but man, my nose is running. I know that's gross. September allergies. I've got a cough that's hard to get rid of. You know, it's probably in some ways maybe improved my radio voice, but lipstick on a pig, Roger. Know nah, what I mean? No, nah, it didn't help. Nope, didn't help. Dad, gum it. Well, let's shot that down. But you still sound like Matt Wyatt. Well, okay, sound like me. Well, look, then anybody listening, that means that look, you're welcome to take the mic some today. Okay, <laughs> you're welcome to do it. Give us a call, right? Yeah, give us a call. Phone lines are open to you. Uh, yeah, call me on the Divinity Equipment phone line. Divinity Equipment. In Madison and in Jackson. So in Jackson, you go over there to um, Divinity Drive in Raymond. And, of course, up on Highway 51 in Madison, stop by at Divinity. Here's the Divinity phone number. You want to call the show? Hit me up. It's 995-1059. 601 number. 995-1059. And, of course, the text line is easy to remember, too. It is 885-ESPN. That's a 601 number, 885-ESPN. So text away. Fluffy texted the show, and he said, I'd rather listen to Matt hack up along uh, than any amount of Golic and Wingo. I tell you what, man, I'll tell you this much. The people who do like the local shows that we have, sports shows that we have, they don't like the ESPN show. <laughs> there ain't no in-between, is it? There is no in-between, Roger. Tell you that much. Hey, coming up in a minute or two, we'll start things off today with Steve Robertson from 24-7 Sports and Jeans Page. 
because I want to kick it around with Steve a little bit, just talk about got a couple of offensive linemen banged up in last week's game for State. How healthy are they? What's he hearing? He was He's on campus. I was not over there yesterday. Uh, I'm going to go over there tomorrow. So see what he says about that. And, of course, kind of what's it like to have – Keaton Thompson back in the fold and on the team. So Steve's coming up in hour two today. We're going to chat a little bit with my friend Jamie Arrington. Jamie is big Southern Miss fan. In fact, I'm not sure I know a bigger Southern Miss fan than Jamie Arrington. For Pete's sake, he hosts the uh, most widely recognized Southern Miss podcast among the Golden Eagle fan base, and that would be To The Top Talk. So if you've never checked it out, check it out. And 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 Roger, I'm gonna have to also bounce off of Jamie. You know, Jamie, when he was on, I told you last time, he's a former mascot. He was Seymour the the Eagle down there, mascot for Southern Miss, and then he was the mascot for the Chicago Bears. Wow. And so we're gonna have to ask him about this whole Jackson State thing. We may have an update on that. We had uh, on our show yesterday talking sports. Rob was uh, Rob Jay was reporting from. From there, where he's at a volleyball event, but he said they had just had a meeting mm. about what to do about this what mascot, the... and they they decided to let him stay with some caveats. <laughs> okay, he's, he's, he loves caveats, and apparently he's a very <laughs> he's a very talented uh, okay. guy. Even Rob, even though Rob still calls him, he's stupid. <laughs> he said he's very talented, so it's good good to give the young man a second chance to okay yeah, stay off the field. <laughs> Over by the cheerleaders, I right. think, is what they told him. Man, Rob J. He is awesome. I love yeah. Rob J. All right, so we'll get Steve on the phone. Roger, while you do that and work on that, I'm going to talk. I'm going to get. there for you. Oh, we got him hanging on? I didn't know he was hanging on this whole time. Oh, your call screen's not working? Well, it's working, but I didn't know that anybody was on there. <laughs> I snuck him on there for you. Well, look, it's what I'm saying, Roger, is it's not your fault that I didn't know he was on there. It's because okay. I wasn't looking and paying attention. Right now, this is how you do a non-sequitur. Like, this is non-segue. Here we go. Right now, on the Divinity Equipment phone, our man Steve Robertson. He is Scout Steve R on Twitter. You probably follow him, but if you don't, give him a follow. He covers Mississippi State for 24-7 sports and jeanspage.com, and he's on your radio right now as we speak. Happy hump day, Steve. Hope you're well, man. I'm I'm doing well, Matt. We are uh, one day closer to the weekend, one day closer to college football. So it's uh, it's a good deal. Absolutely, it won't be long now. And Southern Miss coming to town. What do you think about this rivalry and playing it fairly often, like you have recently? You like it? Well, you know, I've got mixed feelings about it. Um, you know, I think it's good for the state of Mississippi. But you know, I understand. You know, when State and Ole Miss went to the eight conference game schedule that uh, it didn't make sense to have Southern Miss on the schedule because the games were so competitive. You know, mm. you, you wanted to have non-conference games that were winnable. And to, to Southern Miss's credit, you know, in the 70s and 80s, there was a stretch that they'd won nine in a row against Mississippi State. So I don't think it was in the Bulldogs' best interest at the time. But uh, I think it's kind of cool having them back, you know, on the schedule. But if you look at what's happened to Southern, you know, since 1992 – there's no longer the big three in Mississippi. It's it, it's it's State, Ole Miss, and then and then there's Southern. And you look at it from a facility standpoint, attendance standpoint. There's there's really no comparison. But I think the novelty of the whole thing is pretty cool. Yeah, Steve Robertson on your radio. 
You know, this time of year, too, when you, you don't have a conference game, Steve, selfishly, one reason I like it is because it gets people in the stadium. You know, what do you think the crowd will be like given that it's a 2.30 kickoff on Saturday and it's going to be blazing hot like 97 degrees or supposed to be anyway? I think they're going to be sweaty and stinky. That's what I, that's what I think. But they'll be there is what be, you're saying. They, they will absolutely be there. And I, I think the attendance will be very, very good. And, and you're right to kind of mention that. It would be a heated advisory, I'm sure, mm. uh, issued for the weekend. And, and you know, and, and sitting on concrete and steel is probably not, not the, the most fun thing to do. But I'll tell you, I don't know if there's anywhere else I'd rather be this weekend than a Davis Wage Stadium. The home opener, there's a lot of excitement. Tommy Stevens, Isaiah Zuber, these newcomers to the program, their first chance to hear the cowbells clang. And, and that's a really cool thing, too. But it's, it's a really good football team. You know, I think Mississippi State fans are kind of sleeping on their own team a little bit because last year they got a little bit of a bitter taste because they expected things to be a little more competitive with the upper echelon teams in the conference. And you kind of get that same eight and four year. So people still kind of have this wait-and-see approach. But I, I expect Mississippi State to come out and play well this weekend, and I think that will get some of these bandwagoners maybe off the fence a bit. Um, Charles on Facebook liked your uh, descriptor of sweaty and stinky, uh, Steve. So you've already made friends on Facebook. a boy. Uh, <laughs> That's what I live for. That's what I live for, you know, the social yeah. media presence. You know? Yeah, I'm sure. I'm sure. Um, okay, so State had two starting offensive linemen banged up on Saturday. Starting center, captain, the anchor of your whole team, not just your offensive line, and Daryl Williams and Darian Parker, the guard. We heard on Monday they're day-to-day. You've been on campus all week. How day-to-day are they? What can you tell us? Can you give State fans hope? Well, in addition to those two, you also had your, your third team center, Evans Wilkerson, also get rolled up on a play. And, uh, mm-hmm. you know, kind of, you know, looking at the nature of those things, Matt, you know, when you have those big guys kind of engaged and they get rolled up from behind, it seems like it's almost always a high ankle sprain. You know, I'm saying just nobody's given us that official diagnosis, but those things tend to linger. Now, last night we had Tyree Phillips, who was, uh, one of the more, entertaining players on the Mississippi State roster. Right. And he kind of let it slip last night that Daryl was not out this week. Now, he didn't expand on that. I think he kind of realized pretty soon that he might have uh, might have let the cat out of the bag. But uh, I thought that was rather interesting. But uh, the bottom line is I think Mississippi State showed they have some depth. LaQuinton Sharp did a great job coming in. He was your fourth-team center. Right. Uh, he's had some snaps in practice this week. He has practiced some with the ones and the twos at center. And so – if Daryl gets out there and can't give it a full go, I think you're good to go there. You know, I, I don't know the availability of, of Evans Wilkinson or Darian Parker at this point, but uh, I think the good thing is is that you got some game reps for some guys that can go out there and compete this weekend. And, and Tommy Stevens, I think, said it best last night, is when they had these guys go down with injury, everybody was just kind of like, okay, what's next? You know, there was none of this, oh, what are we going to do? we got to you know, change our game plan or our play call and, they just went out there and played football, and I don't think they missed the beat. I mean, as, as good as Darrell Williams and Darian Parker are, when the second, third team guys came in, the Mississippi State offense continued to get pushed. Sure. Well, um, what about Marquis Spencer on the defensive side? You hear anything there? We'll talk to defensive coaches and players, uh, you know, this evening. Okay. Uh, I don't know what we learned there. You know, Joe says Monday it's a day-to-day deal. I, you know, I was there on the sidelines as that thing kind of unfolded. You know, and, and, you know, first blush, and there's only so much you can tell. But to me, it looked a little more 
I guess you'd say serious to maybe some of the other stuff do not to diminish anybody's pain. But mm-hmm. if he's withheld this weekend, I won't be surprised in the least because he was he seemed to be a little more hobbled on the sidelines after uh, the injury. And, you know, once they made the decision to pull Darrell Williams and Darian Parker, they returned to the sidelines and T-shirts and they had on their, their braces and stuff. They were moving around, had some mobility, just didn't see that same type of deal with Marquise. Yeah. Steve Robertson on your radio right now covers Mississippi State for Gene Spades and 24-7 Sports, genespades.com. And if you want to follow him on Twitter, do so. It's at ScoutSteveR. Uh, Derek on Facebook, Steve brought up an interesting point, had a question for you about the possibility that if they had to, they could move James Jackson back over there, right? that He's a defensive tackle now, but he spent all of his career prior to this on the offensive line. He could always flip back over maybe and take a few snaps, I guess, if he had to. Well, he could, but he actually spent, you know, the first year was the defensive line. Right. And they tried him some in bowl practices last year at the offensive line, and then we just simply had, you know, a greater need at defensive line this year, you know, due to the lack of depth there. So they're moving back. But, yeah, in a pinch, he could do that. thought he had some moments last weekend on the defensive line, and so I think he'll probably stay there. But you know, if you got into an emergent situation where some of these injuries continue to linger, that would be something you could possibly consider moving forward. What do you think – well, what do you feel like the the vibe is about Keaton Thompson coming back onto the team and now back on the roster and back in the quarterback room? I think it's very positive. And I, I think it's one of those things, too, that uh, there had been so much negativity, you know, for uh, you know, a few days there with the NCAA sanctions and the suspensions. And then on top of that, you know, Keaton announces he's in a transfer portal. And so you get all this stuff at once. And uh, I'm a big fan of getting all of my misery at once so I can kind of deal with it, you know. And so mm-hmm. when you get all that, it just seems like, man, you know, what what a negative energy around things. And then you go win the ball game, and then you get the news that Keaton is back. And I think that is best for Mississippi State from a depth standpoint, and I think it's probably best for Keaton long term, even if he doesn't like to stay around after this season, even if he likes when he gets to the Egg Bowl, so you know what, I'm going to enter the transfer portal and start somewhere fresh in January. That's still a good option for him, but I think him being back now gives him a chance to put some things on tape at the same time to stay in football shape. And as you know, Matt, when you miss some time with all this stuff, you miss you, you miss you miss the season, uh, you're way behind the curve. And so Tommy Stevens said last night, not just having Keaton back as a competitor and as a teammate, having him back as a friend is big for him because that was really one of the first relationships that he forged when he made the decision to come to Mississippi State, Keaton was involved in his recruitment and that sort of stuff. And that seems kind of odd when you consider us two guys competing for the same position. But you, Keaton Thompson, very welcoming to Tommy from the very beginning. And I think it kind of made probably for an awkward moment or two when Tommy is announced a starter and Keaton announced that he's transferring and then leaves the leaves the team for a week there. So mm-hmm. uh, he's back now, but I'll, I'll tell you the energy in the building is good. And everybody you speak to about Keaton says they're happy to have that guy back. And, and Steve, th- there's a lot of interesting things there, including Joe Moorhead on Monday saying that he talked to Keaton four or five times last week uh, about his options as he kind of tested out the portal to see what his options were. Um, what do you think led to the decision for him to say no? I, you know, I'm just going to go ride it out at state. What do you think led to that? Well, I think it's a couple things, and yeah, some of this is somewhat semi-educated on the topic. Is that uh, due to the 
the tardiness of the decision. Mm-hmm. You know, it's just because of the timing of all of that, there just weren't a lot of options available that, that he found attractive. And um, in addition to that, too, I, I nobody will confirm this, I don't think, at any point, but I, I'm sure it's one of those deals. Hey, you come back, you're the number two guy. However, time it goes down, you're the starter. But we're not we're not going to ruin a year of your eligibility just to be in the backup. And so I think there have been some assurances made to Keaton that they will do what's best for Mississippi State first, but also bear his future in mind as well and not put him out there and say, you know, five or six ball games and just waste a year of his eligibility when he may have the opportunity to go elsewhere uh, and play another system. But the, but the bottom line is, you know, for this year for Mississippi State, you just kind of avoid – having to push a, a true freshman out there in Garrett Schrader to try to make things happen. And so Mississippi State kind of has that insurance policy or a security blanket with Keaton. And, and Steve, you know, you, you correct me if I'm totally off base on this, but just glancing at it, with everybody's eligibility that they have, Tommy's gone after this year for sure. And so if Keaton's there this year, if this winds up being a redshirt year for him, which he hasn't used yet, he comes out of that with two years of eligibility, and that pretty much guarantees that, doesn't it, that he'll be at state and and competing with Garrett Schrader for the starting job next year. Well, I think that's a possibility. And uh, I've had some people tell me that there is the possibility. It would require a lot of effort on his part. There is a possibility that he might even could push through and be a grad transfer. Um, okay, okay. And so, so that opens up a whole another possibility there. But, mm-hmm. uh, you know, I think, you know, one of the things, and again, this is, again, just somewhat speculation, Matt, is that I, I think Garrett Schrader is a part of this decision for Keaton. And not just because of the fact that Garrett has, has really advanced leaps and bounds since he arrived in January. But, you know, Garrett is Joe's guy. The very first football scholarship offer that Joe Moorhead made as the football coach at Mississippi State was to Garrett Schrader. Mm-hmm. And so there's obviously a special relationship there. And so if, I, if I'm kind of the, the in-between guy, okay, you go out and get your guy, Tommy Stevens, and then I've got another one of your guys behind me, I'm going to kind of question a little bit, am I your guy or not? Am I one of your guys or, or am I my own guy? Mm-hmm. And so that's just the human nature part of it. I think that's one of the things I think factors into Keaton's decision that is that maybe this isn't really about Tommy Stevens, but perhaps it's more about Garrett Schrader. It, it makes a lot of sense. Hey, one last thing, glancing ahead to uh, to this Saturday. What does State have to do to win the ball game? Well, I think you got to run the football. Yeah. Uh, I think, first and foremost, you got to go out there to run the football, and I think you got to stop the run. You know, and Southern Miss has got a little bit banged up, I guess, at running back. Uh, and, I, and I don't I don't kick to Jalen Parker. I, that, that's for sure. Uh, <laughs> he had to kick off in a punt return for a touchdown last week, Conference USA uh, – special teams player of, of the week, probably on some national list as well. Uh, but I think you got to go up there and run the football. And I think for Mississippi State fans, what they want to see is the defensive effort, you know, be a little bit better, deeper in the ball game. And that's going to be difficult, number one, because Southern Miss has some explosive players. But also, too, you know, going out and playing 100-degree temperatures, everybody's going to wind down a little bit. Mm-hmm. Everybody's going to get broken down some. And so – uh, I expect State to win. I think what State's favored, you know, by more than a couple touchdowns. I think that happens because I think State will be able to out-athlete to their miss. But uh, I won't be surprised if it's a tussle for the first half. Yeah. Steve, good stuff, man. It's good to catch up with you on a Wednesday. 
Um, and I know we were about, I don't know, seven stories apart last Saturday, so I didn't get to really see you. You were on the sideline. I was uh, up near the ceiling of the dome, but I'll see you in the press box in a few days at Davis Wade. Look forward to that. And and be sure to order your book at starkvillainsthebook.com. Say it again. Starkvillainsthebook.com. You can pre-order the new Mississippi State book, Stark Villains, at starkvillainsthebook.com. Starkvillainsthebook.com. Also, Steve, the host of The Boneyard, very successful podcast. Links to all that stuff, you can find him on Twitter at ScoutSteveR. Thanks, Steve. Talk to you soon. Thanks, Thanks, Matt. Thank you. All right. What do you think? You can let me know. Appreciate all the comments on Facebook. Over here on Twitter, Barrett was saying, does Keaton Thompson get to keep two years of eligibility if he redshirts at State this year, transfer at the end of the year? The clarification on that from what Steve was saying is, all right, if if Keaton were to get after it academically this year and then and graduate and be a graduate, then yes, after this year, even if he redshirts, he'd have two years left, but he could go to a D1 somewhere as a graduate transfer and potentially immediately be eligible. Otherwise, if he redshirts this year, he'd stick around and you know compete for the starting job the next two years at uh, Mississippi State. It's one way to look at it. All right, I'll get to your phone calls and your texts on the text line next in the Farm Bureau studio. Farm Bureau, go with the home team. Stick around. You're listening to The Matt Wyatt Show. Back on the show in the Farm Bureau studio. Farm Bureau, say it with me. Go! With the home team. They are your home team at Farm Bureau. Welcome back to the show. With a rubber hole. <laughs> Mr. Cotter. Up your nose with a rubber hose. <laughs> what a great TV show that was. That was a fantastic show. All right, so I got a direct message during the Steve Robertson interview. I'm not, and whenever it's a direct message, it's not tweeted out. I'm just assuming that that person doesn't want it to be public. So I'll read the information without giving away who sent it to me. Um, it is someone who listens to the show. Obviously, because they they DM'd me on Twitter and said, what is Steve smoking? I'm sorry. MSU is not a good team. They are average. Bama, LSU, Auburn, and Texas A&M are losses. The ceiling is 8-4. and And that's with running the table against Arkansas, Ole Miss, Tennessee, and Kentucky. I see 7-5. And And then there was an – at the end – 
to soften it a little bit for me, since I'm a state guy, it says, sorry. <laughs> yeah. Um, I mean, any of those scenarios are possible, right? Like, I mean, it's possible. Kentucky is the toughest team in that list there at the end, too, that you've got to run the table against to get, what, four? I mean, you want to win eight games for sure? You feel like you need to run the table and win those four SEC games, don't you? Kentucky, Tennessee, Ole Miss, and Arkansas. If you're Mississippi State, you got to win those four. And Kentucky, the best team of the bunch in there. But you're going to play Ole Miss late. They may have it together by then. They're, they're definitely improved on defense. Well coached, in the right place. And we'll see You know what they do going throughout the year. they got a legit NFL guy, Benito Jones, up on their defensive front. They're improved. So we'll see what they are at the end of the year. Hard to see Arkansas uh, competing with State. Tennessee's good and horrible. They just had two guys quit, or they kicked them off, two defensive backs. And so, you know, it's it's only going to get worse before it gets better at Tennessee. And that's, um, boy, I hate to say that to a Tennessee fan, but I think that is the truth. <laughs> How low can you go? Yeah, right. Now, We're playing limbo. Me, what is the uh, the bowl outlook with seven wins? Yeah, it's seven wins. Yeah, it'll send you to the Liberty Bowl in Memphis. It's possible seven wins would send you to Music City, but generally Music City Bowl gets eight, nine-win teams out of the SEC. So I don't know. I mean, I I don't think the SEC has the tie-in any longer with uh, that St. Petersburg Bowl down in Tampa. Heck, man! I, I shoot. I don't know. Seven and five. I and I don't think seven and five would send you to Birmingham, wouldn't it? I mean, that's going to be a six and six SEC team pretty much every year. So, no bowl, I mean, that's going to be hard to swallow. Say what now? They, they've gotten used to these bowls. Yeah, yeah. State has. I've been to a bunch in a row. That's that's kind of baseline. But see, that's the thing. You know, bowl games. It's cool and all, but it is not what it used to be. I, I know it gives them some extra practice, and it's good. It, it's great to have stacking up bowl trips and postseason stuff for recruiting purposes. But in reality, Roger, we play forty-eight bowl games. Look, yeah, we carry most of them. <laughs> when I was in school twenty years ago, quite literally, twenty years ago, there were sixteen bowl games. Sixteen, man. If you went to one, it was a heck of a deal. <laughs> that it probably doubled in the last. You know, 10 years prior to that. Yeah, and I'm not complaining. I like it. Give me games throughout December. That's fine. Put them on TV. I'll watch when I can, and if it snows, I'll go outside. You know, but if it's warm, I'll go fishing in December. But I like having the games. Fine. But the bowl game thing, it's just something, you know, I don't know what it is. Like, if you you miss a bowl game, I got news for you. For a lot of teams out there that are at five wins and miss a bowl game, or like last year Southern misses at six wins and doesn't go to a bowl, ain't a whole lot of difference between those teams and some of these teams playing in bowl games, okay? You and I both know that. And what, when you're one of 90, almost 100 teams, look, seriously, there are 127 football bowl subdivision teams. 100 of them are going to play in a bowl game. <laughs> figure that math out so it's not you know just the whole bowl thing is not what it used to be it is fun though 
got a question for you. Now you get the Adidas gear just like the team does, right? I got it. I got some new stuff this past weekend, Roger, and I didn't know I was getting a new pair of shoes. I got oh. a brand new pair of Adidas Kicks. Compliments of Mississippi State. I was so happy. Some new shoes. Well, do you get also uh, any of that swag bag when they go to these uh, uh, bowl games? Well, get- I take that back. Um, every year when the team goes to a bowl game, I get a watch. Because, you know, every – every Fossil watch. I, what is the deal with Fossil giving yeah. everybody a watch? And sometimes some other make, you know. But, yeah, yeah, I get a watch. I've had several years where I didn't know I got one. And it would be like the following – spring during baseball season and somebody in the athletics department would say hey are you coming in town for baseball it's like may you know i'd say yeah they say hey come by over here we still have your watch (laughs) they had to run through there and pick it up the thing that i use the most i wish i could i can't it's in here in this office somewhere and i can't reach it i tell you where is that where is my bag doggone it i don't know what i did with that bag i've got a bag bag. a bag of swag oh i know what it is it's in my car because I'm carrying my drone around in it now. But it's a little, it's a really expensive type of like backpack, like a smaller version. And they got them one year. Maybe that was the Orange Bowl year. And I got one of those. It was pretty nice. But. Like a man bag. Like yeah, a, well, it's backpack. Like a courier bag. Well, <laughs> no, I call a it a backpack, Roger, because okay. it only has one strap. Because <laughs> <laughs> I understand like that's kind of the measure. If it only has one strap, it's sort of a man purse. That's that's an over-the-shoulder, over-the-shoulder man stuff holder. Well, but I don't use it over just one shoulder. I I sling it over my neck. You know what I'm saying? Like a thing strangling you. Yeah, but it looks more appropriate. (laughs) Um, Right, but I still call it a backpack. I don't think anybody's going to get any questions about this (laughs) six-foot-eight Shrek-looking thing (laughs) <laughs> Carrying around him. whatever kind of bag he wants, man. Hey, look at him and his man purse, pow. <laughs> you know, uh, Michael on the Divinity Equipment phone line. What's up, Michael? What's up, Matt? Enjoy the show, man. Thank you. Uh, wanted to hit on a couple of things actually and get your your opinion on it. First of all, the guy that DM'd you, I'm as pessimistic as the next uh, state fan, I guess you could say, but. Um, Man, I mean, when, since when did eight and four state become a average team? I mean, to me, <laughs> if you're if you're if you're penciling in wins over Kentucky at Tennessee at Arkansas and the Egg Bowl, that's uh, above average. It may not be great, but it's above average. So uh, I'll take eight and four with the suspensions and the potential injuries we have right now. But but on another note, um, you know, Steve mentioned that you know Keaton may you know we may try to protect his eligibility going forward by trying to redshirt him. I know we want to redshirt Schrader, too, if at all possible. So how do you juggle that? Uh, first of all, like, there's going to be some games where either we need a, a backup quarterback to go in because of injury for Tommy mm-hmm. or because it's a blowout one way or the other and you don't want to get him hurt, you know, in a game that he doesn't have to be playing in. Do you try to yeah. mix and match those two to where you, you don't burn both of either one of their eligibilities but you get Schrader some experience in case Keaton leaves? Yeah. Or do you not even bring Keaton in? Or in other words, what's the advantage of keeping Keaton if we're not going to play him? I guess. And then, and then also, um, you know, obviously it's good to keep him because of just the publicity. I think it was probably a good thing. But um, but then in addition to that, I think uh, one thing that we have to look at, as much as I was down on Joe last year for feeling like we didn't do enough with what we had, you know, record wise. Mm. 
man, this year is kind of a tough spot. When you talk about the suspensions, that he's having to juggle those suspension dates, and now yeah, having tough. a situation where you're juggling red shirts with quarterbacks, yeah. I think a lot of people may need to take that into consideration when judging the job he does this year. Here come the Golden Eagles. Flying into Stark Vegas this weekend. It'll be a big old party. How'd the beer drinking go down there? What are you talking about? Oh, they didn't do it for that game. They don't start selling beer until in, in Hattiesburg at their games until the end of this month. Oh, okay. It's like the fourth, thing, fourth game. Well, I think what the administration at Southern Miss said, Roger, was they wanted to have a couple of games under their belt to kind of practice a few things before they actually started it like like a bar doing a soft open yeah right sort of like that <laughs> let's make sure we do this sober first <laughs> that's exactly right back in the farm bureau studio farm bureau go with the home team i'm matt he's roger you can be a part of the show you ought to be and michael i appreciate your phone call we uh, ran up against the break the break but like a good radio host you just bang you dropped the mic right as we went to break man that was perfect timing so good call over here on the Divinity equipment phone uh, the number to call 995-1059 it's a 601 number 995-1059 let me get to some of your texts that have been coming in this hour that i have failed to um, mention earlier antonio says Matt, how could Jackson State improve the football team? Well, one simple answer is to keep the mascot off the field. Antonio, we start right there. Uh, Patrick. They're working on that. (laughs) All right, Roger, you have inside info that there has been a meeting and a come to Jesus with whoever is inside the Jackson State mascot suit, right? According according to our intrepid reporter, Rob (laughs) Jay. who uh, was on our talking sports show last night. They had just finished the meeting. They were working. This was around 6 after 6 o'clock, so they met late on this deal. Okay. They decided to keep him around and just keep him uh, limited in his uh, <laughs> the area in which he operates. So, But he was just enthusiastic, excited, and wanted to get out there. Thought to play it ended, I guess. I don't know. Right. I, I, I had asked how – what, how much better? I don't, the way the story could have really been much better was been if, if say one of the cheerleaders had just got out there on the pile, and started <laughs> waylaying the other two. <laughs> Jackson State fans run out onto the field, you know. I and mean, Jay sets out there. <laughs> I can only imagine. I would love love to have been a fly on the wall in that meeting. To one, you know, to hear both sides of that. Yeah, to hear both sides to see Coach John Hendrick in that because I'm going to tell you something about John. Like, highly intelligent, very smart, very engaging, very motivational. Coach Hendrick is the kind of guy who he gets this fire in his eyes, man, and you can see why he's always been a great coach on the line of scrimmage, getting guys fired up. But, you know, he's big and intimidating. And uh, I'm just glad I wasn't in that guy's seat, the mascot seat, I'll put it that way. And I would also like to be in the room to just keep an eye on Rob Jay and watch his reaction to everything. Can you imagine? I can just hear Rob's voice in my head. He can mug some funny faces. (laughs) I can just hear Rob in my head calling the kids stupid. (laughs) 
<laughs> Stupid. Apparently, that guy is very popular because he had some built-up goodwill that mm. let him get through this one. I well, it's great. I mean, it's yeah. it's some of the best overall publicity, you know, fun-loving publicity that Jackson State's ever gotten nationally. Really? Yeah. You know, I mean, it's all over Sports Center. <clears throat> if he doesn't do that, we're not watching Jackson State highlights on Sports Center. It just is what it is. Hey, man, you should have been in the meeting. You'd have gotten him a raise. <laughs> all right. Uh, Patrick on the text line. Says, I know it's early, but what are you thinking about the state LSU matchup? I think state can have a chance in Davis Wade. I do, actually. I think, I still believe until I see otherwise, state's a little better than some people are giving them credit for. Like my friend who DM'd me and said state is not a good team. I think they're a good team. Now, you know, I'm not ready to call them great by any stretch, and they got some, some, uh, some holes in their depth because of the suspension thing and other stuff. Got to keep people healthy, but I think they're a good team. I think, They'll prove that. Until I see otherwise, I'll keep believing that. And LSU, they looked great. Their offense did look improved, but that's against an FCS team, frankly, that um, was just totally overmatched. The five touchdown passes for Joe Burrow were five red zone touchdown passes. It's not like they were heaving a ball down the field, but it was good precision, uh, precision, good timing. In Davis Wade, absolutely, I think State will have a chance. LSU's better. LSU will be favored, and rightfully so. They've got a higher recruiting profile. they got more NFL players on their roster than State does. But in Davis-Wade, could State have a chance? Sure they could. Let's see. Matt, unnamed texter here. No, it's Boomer Sooner. This is Boomer Sooner. Matt, you seriously can't believe Duke is a better team than Houston? End of last year, Houston, number five offense, Duke, number 65. The Houston QB will be a top 10 QB at the end of the season. Well, maybe he will be, but he ain't right now. I promise you. And the other thing is, uh, Duke's defense. You gave me offensive numbers, but Duke's defense is a real defense. What is Houston's defense? What has Houston's defense ever been? Nothing. Swiss cheese. So give me the other side of the ball. It's a team game. You don't win with just one side. And all the comment that you're referencing had nothing to do with Houston's offense. Nothing. The, the comment that you're referencing from yesterday, what I said is Oklahoma's really, really good, okay? But their offense did to Houston's defense what a whole bunch of teams will do to would do and will do to Houston's defense. That's all I'm saying. You know, it's like LSU. LSU puts up 55 on Georgia Southern. You think they're going to put up 55 on Texas this week? No. Play a real defense and let's judge everything. Let's see. Nick wanted me to ask Steve if we're going to see Keaton this weekend if State were to run away with it. And based on what Steve was saying, it didn't sound that way, but, you know, who knows? Uh, Brent says, we're talking about Keaton's options to play at a D1, but wasn't he in the transfer portal and received no opportunity there? He may simply not be good enough to start at a D1. Um, what Steve said about that is part of this being such a late thing is, you know, you just got coaches and people out there right now who just aren't necessarily as, as locked into the transfer portal. They're more locked into starting their season. And so that could be it. The timing of it is not the best. But, again, I don't know. What you say could be true, too. I don't know. Uh, Walking Bully says, we are spoiled when we think 8-4 and four is not a good team or a good year. You're right. Because, like in the direct message that I got, it says, State's an 8-4 and four team, or that's their ceiling was 8-4. and four. 
He says, MSU not a good team, and then goes, they're average. And then he says, Bama, LSU, Auburn, and Texas A&M are losses. Well, so what? Alabama, Texas A&M, LSU, and Auburn right now are all ranked in what? The top 10 or the top 12? Texas A&M was the lowest ranked SEC team that I saw, and they had them ranked like, what, 13th or 12th? Something like that. I mean, so we're going to say that if a team lo- a team loses to Alabama, LSU, Auburn, and Texas A&M, therefore they are average. Well, that's bull. You can take really good teams, not just average ones, <laughs> and give them losses to Alabama, LSU, Auburn, and Texas A&M. That's just life in the SEC. It's just the way it is. It's a little top-heavy, but those teams are at the top. Unnamed texture. Every state fan needs to be ecstatic about the season simply because Joe Moorhead called so many direct run plays to Kylan. See, when people say stuff like that, here's what I want to say. Describe to me a direct run play to Kylan Hill. What would y'all's answer to that be? Describe to me a direct run play to Kylan Hill. How many of his 27 carries involved um, other reads, you know, the RPO stuff, meaning it was the quarterback's decision to read the defense and decide, should I give it to Colin Hill or should I keep it and run or should I keep it and throw? So how many of those 27 carries in the run game for Kylan were, as you say, direct run plays? See, people say that, but they really don't know if there was a direct one or not. So we say a lot of things we don't know a lot of times. And then unnamed texture says, playing the same Sun Belt as the Louisiana team that state struggled against. Talking about Georgia Southern. I said I said they're FCS. Okay, they're in the Sun Belt. Sorry. Georgia State is an FCS. They are in this Sun Belt. Group of five, but still FBS. They were 10 and 2 last year. That's exactly right. And they are a good program. They are. You know, they have the triple option offense. They still run that, right? A lot of it anyway. The film looked like that to me. It was kind of a variation of it. Not exclusive like Veer offense like maybe they used to be. They were a 10-win team a year ago. That's right. They are in the Sun Belt. Um, They were a, you know, a decent opponent week one. That was totally overmatched. Totally overmatched. And after we see a team play this year, I'm not really sure what the point is of talking about what they did last year. Because those things are like two different planets year to year. So, you know, 55, they were really efficient. The red zone is the hardest place to throw the ball because the defense has the advantage of the back line of the end zone. There's no depth of field. They don't have to worry about over their heads. So it closes on you. It's harder to throw it in the red zone. And LSU went five for five for five touchdowns in the red zone. So that LSU is good. But Georgia Southern... Won't be Texas or Alabama or state or Florida for that matter. Crank it up, Roger. Y'all turn on your cell phone flashlight and I'll see you in the next hour. <laughs> 